What's up, everybody? Welcome back here to another episode of the Space News Live podcast. We're streaming live right now from Helsinki, Finland. There's no edits here. What you hear is what you get. Everything is recorded live and uh, happens as you hear it. Uh, we are actually live right now on spacenewslive.com and twitch.tv is hosting the live broadcast. Today's date is November 15th. 2017. Welcome everybody. Like I said, my name is Rob. I'll be your host here. Um, we just like to do the podcast live. We don't like to spend time editing and trying to make it all perfect. So uh, we'd like to just kind of do it live, let you hear it as it happens. And I want to welcome you here. Um, it's uh, been a little over a week. Um, the uh, the last podcast since I had the last podcast. Got some uh, friends in town here in Finland, so. Uh, it's been, it kind of delayed things. In fact, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do the podcast tonight or not. Uh, it turned out to be kind of a down day, uh, so I was able to um, get it up. Um, I had pretty much everything the show put together. I just didn't know if I was going to have the time to um, actually record it, put it live up on the internet and everything, but it looks like we're going to have the time because you're hearing me now. It's 2.30 right now, 2.31, 2.32, just changed on me, on the East Coast, um, which is... Uh, of course, where I used to do the uh, the show um, back in uh, Virginia, um, all along the East Coast. Um, um, everybody, uh, I used to be on the same time zone, but now I'm not, so I have to do the show a little bit later. It's 9.30 at night, actually, right now here in Finland, so it's okay. We make do. Um, anyways, um, we'll get into today's news here. There's not a whole lot going on, I'll be honest. Um, there was... A, a few, a few things like a lot, you know, a launch. It's supposed to be a couple launches, some scrubs and things, but um, you know, that's pretty typical uh, in the NASA world of things, in the space world. Um, so um, we'll just tell you all about them. Um, we'll kick it off right now on November twelfth, uh, at uh, seven nineteen a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the eighth orbital ATK cargo flight uh, launched from pad 0A at NASA's Wallops Flight Facility in Virginia. You know, I lived in Virginia there for several years. I think it was somewhere in the, in the neighborhood of like, I don't know, five years or so, and I never uh, saw a launch. There's many times I was looking outside trying to see if I could see one. You know, they put out the warnings, hey, if you're in this zone, you might be able to see something. Never failed. It was always cloudy or something, you know, bad weather around, and at least in my area, and I couldn't see anything. But, you know, I tried, right? So, uh, out of the facility in Virginia, the launch was um, actually to deliver around 7,400 pounds of cargo to the International Space Station. This includes uh, included uh, new science uh, and technology experiments, the usual food, fuel, miscellaneous supplies, and probably some personal things for the astronauts as well. We know they like to get things, and let's be honest, there's not really another way to do it other than these launches right here. The uh, the launch uh, was a success. Um, uh, it was a success of the upgraded Antares rocket with the enhanced uh, Cygnus uh, spacecraft setting on top, which is actually what went to the space station. The spacecraft was named in honor of Gene Cernan, the last man to walk on the moon, if you didn't know. Who, of course, if you didn't know this either, he sadly passed away in January at the uh, age of 82 years old. Uh, the spacecraft uh, arrived, It was supposed to arrive... Around 4.50 a.m. on Tuesday, and I believe it did arrive around that time. I saw a lot of tweets and stuff go out that it, it did show up. <laughs> it made the journey. 
And um, of course, he gets really close and then gets grabbed by the uh, the robotic arm uh, controlled by the astronauts on board the uh, space station to bring in its final few uh, feet uh, and actually made it to the space station. The uh, Cygnus spacecraft uh, will remain attached to the uh, the ISS until December 4th when it will, um, of course, they pack it with lots of trash and, uh, you know, just uh, non stuff not needed, really. It will get, perform the uh, deorbit burn and ultimately burn up uh, on reentry, of course. Um, uh, or, or burn up uh, when it hits the Earth's atmosphere upon reentry to the Earth and uh, dispose of all the trash and everything. That's an easy way for them to get rid of waste and uh, just materials they don't need anymore. Because uh, it does get crowded on board the space station, right? So anything they can throw away uh, is probably a good thing. Yeah. All right, launch. Of, let's talk about the... Oh, and if you want to read any more about that, of course, there's a link in the show notes. I guess I don't need to say that anymore, but, you know, it's it's there. For anybody new, I put a link uh, in the show notes, uh, which are posted up to spacenewslive.com uh, shortly after this broadcast. Say within about mm, 10, 15 minutes afterwards, I usually try to have them up. Um, but let's talk about this, the uh, launch of the JPSS-1 weather satellite. Um, there was lots of delays. There were some unknowns when it was going to launch. Then NASA posted Tuesday, November 14th at 4.15. They were very specific. 4.15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be launched. Well, it didn't. In fact, it still hasn't launched. <laughs> didn't launch yesterday. It was going to be launched today, but they've already posted the launch has been scrubbed for today. It's kind of unknown at this point, as of today, when it will launch. Um, uh, they scrubbed it due to weather. They said the upper level winds were just uh, too much um, for them to clear the rocket to launch. So, you know, they're very specific with their um, the uh, requirements to launch. You know, the weather has to be perfect. Uh, all the readings, the instruments, you know, everything's got to, all the green lights have to go on. And any of those can cause it to scrub. And, of course, as we talked about in previous podcasts, NASA is known for their scrubs. I mean, there's more scrubs than launches, right? Uh, if you go over to Russia, it's a little different. Those guys, if they say they're going to launch, I mean, there could be a tornado 100 yards off. They're going to launch. It doesn't matter. So, anyway, stay tuned for the uh, next update on the launch. Uh, as of right now, they're not posting anything. They're not sure when it's going to be. I'm guessing they're calculating the next window. Um, and of course with weather and everything, so I'm sure they'll post it up, uh, and we'll let you know as soon as we know anything. The, uh, Sierra Nevada Corporation, uh, their spacecraft, uh, named the Dream Chaser has successfully completed a pre-flight test on November 11th at the, uh, NASA's Armstrong Flight Research Center in Edwards, California. The uh, test flight checked uh, really the Dream Chaser's performance on all the uh, important, the final approach and landing portions of the flight is really what they were focused on. This is just one of the many tests that they uh, performed to help prepare the vehicle for service uh, to perform supply missions to the International Space Station is the ultimate goal of the Dream Chaser. The test proved uh, that the aerodynamics and the flight software, the control systems, um, and all of the above, they're all performing as expected. It passed on all counts. The Dream Chaser is expected to start uh, delivering cargo, um, hopefully, to the International Space Station in uh, 2019. Now, they didn't say exactly when. I'm sure that's a flexible date could get pushed. 
I'm hoping it becomes earlier, but, you know, probably won't. If anything, it'll be pushed. Uh, the spacecraft, if you haven't seen it, it really resembles a small kind of mini shuttle-looking wannabe spacecraft. Um, it's even got the same color scheme. It's painted black and white like the space shuttle uh, is. Um, it's it's wheels and uh, it has wheels. I'm sorry, it has wheels that you know retract and it flies like a plane, like like a orbiter would would um, would fly. It has an airplane style landing. You know, it's it's not the uh, the splashdown of like of the splashdown of the Apollo type capsules or the um, you know any of that stuff. So it's um, it's it's a neat uh, reusable uh, aircraft, much like the a smaller shuttle, basically. And uh, hopefully, uh, it pass it continues to pass all the tests and can meet the 2019 launch date. Um, so stay tuned for uh, more information on that. There's a link, of course, in the show notes uh, with uh, more information on that spacecraft. All right, let's talk about scrubs and not the uh, uniform for nurses. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, a little water there. But the, um, the scrubs at NASA, as we said, they're known for their scrubs. Well, SpaceX has decided to delay the launch of their, um, as they've dubbed, secret Zuma payload mission. Um, they're delaying at least 24 hours. Um, let's see, earlier, the earliest the launch could occur now, since the delay has been officially announced, would, would be... Uh, the f- would be today, I guess, at some point. It was supposed to launch yesterday, Tuesday, November 14th, uh, between 8 and 10 p.m. Eastern Time, but it, uh, it's, it's actually going to launch from Launchpad 39A at the Kennedy Space Center in Florida, but the SpaceX reps have issued a statement simply saying they're pushing the launch. They're going to push it to Thursday night now, so tonight, hopefully, it will launch. The two-hour launch window opens... Let's see, around 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So we'll see if it launches. You know, like I said, it's the it's it's the land of scrubs, right? So we will see if it happens or not. And and that's really the reason why, if you ever go to see a launch, um, you you better have a lot of time, extra buffer time, because most likely it's not going to go when they say it is. So that's just. The reality of it, they got to play it safe, you know, because if they take too many chances, then you have more um, uh, accidents, right? So we don't want uh, any of that. So try to play it safe as much as we can. And believe it or not, that is going to conclude the news portion of the podcast. Uh, That's all that's really been coming out of NASA. Just a few launch delays, uh, the cargo ship Cygnus that did launch, and that's great. Um, but not a whole lot else going on. It's kind of a quiet time. Of course, we are getting into the holidays. Thanksgiving is around the corner. And, of course, quickly followed by Christmas and New Year's. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot more free time for the astronauts. Uh, not as much exciting news. But, of course, um, we'll bring it all to you when we see it. Um, let's see. Upcoming uh, events to mark on your calendar. Again, there's not a lot coming. In fact, if you pull up NASA's website... It's almost a blank like portion of the webpage. There's not a lot going on. The only thing that you can really look forward to, and this is even on their calendar, but it should be added, whoever's out there listening from NASA, is the launch of the JPSS-1 weather uh, satellite. We don't know when that's coming. Stay tuned for that. It'll probably be posted on NASA's website as soon as they figure out another launch window and when they can you know, get some good weather to get that thing off the ground. 
So that is about it for upcoming events. Um, we'll see when that goes off. All right, today in space, today on November 15th, what happened in um, the history of space exploration? Um, well, a couple of events that are significant I thought I would bring up. The first one being the landing of the Gemini 12 spacecraft. It landed on November 15th, 1966. Um, the retro fire occurred 94 hours after liftoff. Reentry was actually, believe it or not, even back in 1966, it was automatically controlled by the computers on board. The spacecraft landed at 1920 GMT time and landed less than five kilometers. And I have a typo in my notes. I'm going to go and fix that right now. Five kilometers from the planned landing point. So, man, they were really starting to get that nailed down and where um, the, they are getting the spacecraft to land exactly where they want it to, which is a really good thing, right? Makes for easy recovery. Um, the crew was picked up uh, by helicopter and uh, I love this deposited. <laughs> they were uh, let off uh, 28 minutes later on the deck of the primary recovery ship. And then following that, the spacecraft itself was recovered 67 minutes after landing. So they, I mean, it was like clockwork back then. They were really doing it. Less than half an hour, less than the time it takes them to do this podcast. They, Landed, picked the crew up, had them on the uh, the deck of the recovery ship. You know, a little over half an hour from then, the spacecraft was sitting there with them. Pretty cool. Also, on November 15th in 1988, a little, you know, uh, a few decades after uh, the Gemini 12 spacecraft uh, event, um, the Soviets actually launched their first space shuttle. Yes, they had a space shuttle. It was a three-hour, 20-minute flight, an unmanned flight on the shuttle Buran. Um, it occurred uh, November 15th, 1988, like I said. So pretty exciting times for them. It was a successful unmanned mission. All right, we are going to move on to the checking in with the ISS, or International Space Station crew, on social media. What's been going on up there as they're orbiting the Earth? Well, this past weekend, we all uh, in the United States celebrated uh, Veterans Day. It was a Veterans Day holiday weekend, but we also celebrated the 242nd birthday of the United States Marine Corps. Well, on board the International Space Station, they celebrated as well. Why? Well, because astronaut Randy Bresnik, who is also a retired Marine himself, posted a video and he wanted to celebrate the birthday of the Marine Corps. He posted a um, a really cool video of a of a challenge a marine challenge coil and just kind of floating and spinning in the cupola module with all the cool fancy windows behind it, the Earth brightly illuminated behind that. It was just a really neat uh, display of the coin and his way of showing uh, his celebration of the Marine Corps birthday. He was also did a little video of a speaking portion where he was dressed up in a red USMC flight suit. And he had the Marine Corps flag flying behind him in his video. Very cool little tribute. Check it out on Twitter. The uh, the um, International Space Station research account also posted a uh, cool little time-lapse video. This is a completely um, different story here. Sorry, I moved on. <laughs> Didn't make that very clear. But they uh, posted a cool time-lapse uh, video showing the Cygnus cargo ship actually arriving at the International Space Station, um, it's, you know, when 
the um, the Cygnus cargo ship, or when any ship, un- manned or unmanned, um, arrives, it, it happens really slowly. It's like this slow, gradual approach to the space station. It slowly starts to become familiar. You see the... Um, uh, the solar panels in view, all the different modules all joined together, and it's it's anything <clears throat> but quick, right? Well, then the arm comes out, grabs a hold of the uh, the cargo uh, spacecraft, and slowly brings down the last few feet, right? Because um, they don't want any accidents to happen, so the slower the better. Well, they posted, the ISS research account posted this time-lapse video of the Cygnus ship arriving, being grabbed by the uh, the robotic arm, and being brought in and mated to the space station. But they sped it up, so it's all like, it looks like it's happening really fast. You can see the whole process in a matter of, you know, a few seconds, so... It's pretty neat to to see the whole thing happening, um, you know, and you don't have to stand there for hours upon hours watching it happen, right? So, pretty pretty neat little video um, to see the Cygnus uh, coming up and it made it safely. Everything's great. Um, they also um, the International Space Station uh, retweeted a, uh, a a GIF, I guess I should say. Um, we, I, okay, uh, the GIF uh, posted. I'm losing my track here by Paolo Nespoli, actually. He shared his uh, his space lettuce, um, and he calls it a love story. Um, I guess he really likes the uh, the lettuce they freshly grew up there in <laughs> on board the space station. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing they all like fresh fruits and vegetables anytime they can, but he's... The, the, the gif, you know, it's like an animated uh, little video um, of his lettuce floating in, in front of him. I guess uh, he was real happy about that. Um he even he in the tweet he's actually using emojis and he's he put the one the emoji where it's the face laughing so hard he's <clears throat> excuse me he's crying so i i guess you know he's been making a joke about it really i mean i guess because of all the news about them growing lettuce in space so he he just wanted to continue the joke going <laughs> i guess they haven't eaten it all either maybe it doesn't taste as good as what they want everybody to think i don't know um, let's see what else here. Um, Randy Bresnick also tweeted out a couple cool pictures of the opening, and I guess I should have put this with the well, the opening of the Cygnus cargo ship. I should have put this with the other story, but um, it was tweeted two different times. But they tweeted a picture, um, two pictures. One of the uh, Cygnus actually attached with like the Earth in the background, you know, the typical picture. But he also tweeted a picture of the the um, after they opened the hatch, the first thing they saw. And uh, what did they see when they opened the hatch? Well, none other. If you remember, the spacecraft was named after Gene Cernan, right? Well, they had a banner that was stretched across the entire opening. So the first thing they see, you couldn't miss it, was a picture of Gene, astronaut Gene Cernan. Um, and it's it was, it was kind of a neat, you know, tribute uh, to Gene and... Uh, Randy actually said, uh, SS Gene Cernan joined our crew and greeted us when we opened the hatch. And uh, the words, hello, expedition crew, welcome to Cygnus OA-8, was uh, was printed right below Gene's picture. Kind of a neat little thing because the spacecraft, you know, was 
named after him and you know a little I guess they want to do a little tribute to him so neat little touch and probably a surprise to the crew when they opened up the hatch uh let's see and that is about all we have for the social media portion of the of the podcast we're gonna move right into the bonus question and we as you know if you've listened to the podcast before we like to do a little bonus question about something we talked about earlier in the podcast so um, we are going to ask a little question. We talked earlier about the in the Today in Space segment specifically about the Gemini 12 mission, right? We stated there were two crew members that were on board that mission, but we didn't purposely we didn't mention who those two crew members were. So the first part of the two-part question is what were their names? What are the names of the two crew members that were on board Gemini 12? If you're a space buff, you might actually know this answer. The second part, I bet you don't know. But I'll wait just a second if you want to think about that. Who was on board the Gemini 12 mission? And I'll give you a hint. One of the crew members later walked on the surface of the moon. The other one did not. But this may be a big clue. He was supposed to. He was supposed to walk on the moon, but didn't. The first one actually did. The answer, the two crew members who did fly on the Gemini 12 mission was none other than Buzz Aldrin and Jim Lovell. Uh, Buzz, as you know, was the second person to walk on the moon. On board, uh, He flew on board Apollo 11. And Jim Lovell, of course, flew on Apollo 13 that was supposed to land on the moon but didn't due to an explosion they had and had to abort their moon landing. So part two of this bonus question is, I noted how fast on that same um, Today in Space about the Gemini 12 uh, mission, the same segment, I mentioned how fast they had the crew over to the uh, the primary you know sh- uh, ship that picked them up and they had the... The spacecraft transported over, but what, um, the, the question is, what ship did the crew of the Gemini 12 get transported to after Splashdown? What was the name? What kind of ship was it? What was the name? A lot of people don't talk about these things. It doesn't, I guess, it doesn't, isn't common knowledge. So I'll be honest, I didn't know. Um, so does anybody out there really know? Okay, well, the answer is it was an aircraft carrier. And it was the aircraft carrier Wasp. Apparently, that was its name, and that's where they were transported to. So there you go. That's the two-part bonus question. Buzz Aldrin, Jim Lovell, and the aircraft carrier Wasp are all your answers for the bonus question. Well, that is going to do it. There you have it. That is the episode twelve. That's going to wrap up episode twelve. It's a little bit too much, but a little bit shorter episode. But like I said. Not a lot going on right now in the space news world, but that's okay. You know, so there's slow days and fast days, right? Some days we're gonna I'm gonna be cutting stories off because I just don't have time. Today there just wasn't a lot going on. Not even a lot, you know, on the upcoming events. And maybe that's due to holidays and stuff. But you know, that's okay. So uh, that's gonna do it uh, for this week's episode. Again, coming to you live from Helsinki, Finland, right now. It's 9:54 p.m. Uh, Thursday night here. Still early afternoon for the rest of you back on the East Coast or wherever you're listening to. You don't necessarily have to be on the East Coast of the United States, 
But I want to thank you for joining me. And uh, you can always stay up to date on the live broadcast when we're doing live broadcast and you know anything else going on uh, on the website at spacenewslive.com. Or you can uh, stay in touch on Twitter at Space News Live 1. That's Space News Live, the number one, is the Twitter account. So that's it. Until next week, we'll catch you next time right here on Space News Live.